There is no justice for black people in this court because you hate black people. Welcome to Surviving Society. With Chantel Lewis and Tiso Regis. Executively produced by Georgia Fori Addo. If you enjoy the podcast and find it useful for your ever-expanding sociological imagination, please support us via Patreon. If not, you can always support us by sharing, subscribing, rating and reviewing. This is a trigger warning. This episode, at times, contains conversations and sensitive material that people may find difficult to listen to. Welcome to another episode of Surviving Society. We are actually releasing this episode on a Thursday, as we would consider this to be an emergency episode of Surviving Society. We are in the studio today with Roxy Lagarde, who has come down from Manchester to speak with us in the studio about a really important case that has just finished in Manchester Crown Court. So this case we're going to be talking about today um, is a case that's been constructed as a quote-unquote gangs case, in which 10 young boys have gone to prison on conspiracy charges now crucially and you'll know if you've listened to previous episodes of surviving society particularly the episode we did with jengba but under conspiracy charges the prosecution does not have to prove violence so this is a key way in which the criminal justice system are using discriminatory powers to penalize negatively racialized working class mainly young boys and girls um, and have been for a long time and Roxy is a youth worker and organiser and activist and runs Kids of Colour. Roxy has been part of or led on the No More Police in Schools campaign. Roxy is also a PhD student. Roxy I'm doing this without having written it. Can you see this? I'm what else, what else, what, As what, always what, I'm always impressed. What else am I, what, what else am I need to say? No that's it that's great. That's, Roxy's just an all-round legend and like Roxy's like a friend of the show but believe it or not this is the first time we've actually met Roxy in person yeah first time was on zoom wasn't it but yeah Roxy thank you so much for coming on to the show at such short notice and for helping us to release this emergency surviving society episode we categorize this as an emergency surviving society episode because this is about an ongoing issue that needs more public attention but also needs platforms like ours to educate the masses on how awful these practices are and like as we say on the show all the time like knowledge is power we know there's not a lot that people can do but if you know that things are happening there's always things that you can find out about learn from join support all that stuff that was a very long introduction but needed to be clear about why it's so important that Roxy's come on and we've got this emergency episode coming out today so Roxy thank you so much thank you for having me so Roxy could you start from the beginning 2020 when this all started yeah so this all started back in November 2020 so November 5th is kind of the key the key date here in court and on November 5th in the morning some boys from Manchester from North Manchester went into Piccadilly Gardens which is the centre of town if you're not from Manchester um, because they got a call saying a boy who had stolen one of their little brother's coats was there so they go into town they chase down this boy they start punching him and hurting him. And it looks, you know, on the CCTV scene, very much like a kind of playground fight and things that you would see. Um, but as they all run off, one boy uh, chose to use a knife and stabbed this boy in the leg. They all run off and it gets to later in the evening. And these boys back in North Manchester get a call saying some boys from Rochdale are looking for them. 
So they pick up what's around them, they pick up some poles, they pick up some sticks and they go to see what's happened. And they're met by 13 boys from Rochdale who are armed with knives and machetes. Knowing quite clearly that, you know, they're outnumbered, they decide to run off. There were eight boys from North Manchester and they decide to run off. But sadly, one of the boys, John, was killed that evening. And everything really starts from there. For me, how I see those events is a kind of unfortunate and very sad series of events unrelated to disputes and area codes and things like that. However, how the prosecution and the courts and the police start to frame this is a gang a gang war. Now, these two events on the morning of November 5th and the evening of November 5th are important because while they sit separately as a violent disorder case and a murder case that people have been prosecuted for, um, the murder case people have been prosecuted for, they start, according to the prosecution, a conspiracy. And that is how we've ended up with 10 boys now from Manchester found guilty on charges of conspiracy to murder and conspiracy for GBH um, on the basis that these 10 boys wanted revenge for the death of their friend, John, who quite quickly became constructed in the media as a gang leader. And he's, of course, not here to defend that. And I have to say, I've heard wonderful things about John. I never met him. I've heard wonderful things from his friends, the community, um, family members, etc. Um, but quite quickly, other acts of harm start to happen. And whilst they are done by a few, what we see here is a net has pulled in 10 young people. So how that starts to happen is November 5th takes place. The evening John's killed. And obviously the word spreads to friends, family, the community. He was very well known. He was also a well-known um, rap artist in a music group called M40, which is really important because later that's called the M40 gang. So he was well known, word spreads. Now, there's a boy I know who's quite kind of key to all of this, which was how my involvement, like, became how I became involved, called Addy. Um, very good friend of John's and lots of all the boys in this case the 10 who've now been prosecuted in 2022, knew John in differing ways. But after November 5th, what you see occur on November 8th is the creation of a telegram group. And that telegram group is called MD's World. And John's nickname is MD, it's his music name. And the link is sent out, people join it. Some of them believe it's to kind of organize a memorial for John, lots of different things. And in their grief, conversation quite quickly changes to become what I would describe as kind of reckless chat, immature chat, silly chat, but importantly, chat of grief and loss and trauma because some of these boys in the chat and minority were also there when their friend was killed. Others, again, know him in different ways. So this chat is takes place for a kind of couple of hours before it goes quiet and stops but within that time you have different levels of contribution 
but some are saying yo these guys live in oldham for example some are saying we should try and talk to girls and see if they know anything about what happened to john some are saying things that are a bit more violent you know we should touch him uh which some have said means stabbed but some others say means assault um and there are things like that said there's some silliness in and amongst it um we should nap him these kind of things the things that if someone killed someone i loved i would sit with friends with family and say where are they i want to get my hands on them especially in that immediate aftermath because mm. you feel those things right but these kids are doing that on a telegram chat now nothing comes of that there's absolutely no agreements made in that chat at all um, and as i said it goes quiet some contribute so Addy, who i know contributed free messages across 20 minutes um it's sporadic it doesn't make sense it's just it's just immature but at the same time so understandable they're 16 at the time aren't they uh, they range so yeah i think a uh, majority were kind of 17 mm. um but yeah they most of so most of them are boys yeah young and unsupported you know um not that that love wasn't there from family and others mm. but unsupported in a way that we could really societally like support young people going through grief after violence if the violence occurs so that happens that chat goes goes quiet that day i think there's a couple of like k or what's up a day later but it goes quiet the boys i know four boys go about their lives um they don't have any more engagement with anything they go back to college one of them suffers some depression for loss but they carry on on the 10th of november you see and i'm going to kind of number the boys because it's the easiest way to describe them and i don't always want to name them because i don't want to seem like i'm placing blame on any one young person and obviously some come up more than others but on the 10th of november boy one and boy two go to college and they chase a boy that they think is involved with their friend's death. Um, nothing happens. Uh, but boy one and two are excluded from college as a result. Later, kind of early December, boy one and boy three go to Rochdale and they slash someone on the back with a machete. Uh, boy one's responsible for that. And then at the end of December, on the 28th of December, boy three, goes to Rochdale with three other boys that are unknown to the police, not on trial as part of this case. And again, a knife is used on someone and a car kind of plows into someone. So there are episodes of violence, right? And no one is denying that. But what you see here is boy one responsible for some of those. And I'll come on to how he took responsibility for those. And I, as I said, I really don't want to point blame too much, but Boy one was involved, boy two was there when one event happened and boy three was there uh, when one event happened with boy one and when another event happened with three people that we don't know. But those events are key to why others are arrested. So by February, the arrests begin and I think it's by the end of April that all 10 have at some point been arrested and then become charged with conspiracy charges and the way that all of these boys are brought into the courts because of course there i've mentioned three boys 
who have committed or been present at scenes of violence and then seven that we're like what has happened here is that that gang construct becomes absolutely key and their associations that are criminalized because they're black become absolutely key so john if i remind you member of the music group m40 rapper in a very well-known video called no hook becomes the gang leader and m40 swiftly moves from being a music group to being a gang under the prosecution's narrative anyone in that music group that they can identify who may also be in that telegram chat becomes part of the gang if they rap they become part of the gang so a huge amount of lyrics are used against them if they've written about these incidences of violence that they might have heard about through hearsay those are used against them um in the no hook music video they wear blue so if you wear blue in a photo somewhere taken off all of these phones you're in the gang blue arsenal shirt over and over and over again see there he is in his blue arsenal shirt would the prosecution would say um that becomes an identi- becomes an identifier that's so manipulative it's so manipulative it's so manipulative um but then what you have as well so you have this kind of middle ground of say boys four to six who enjoy music they have pushed towards this kind of drill persona where when all of these phones have been taken off these boys and all the information's extracted you do find images of them with weapons which are part of as they say time it's and artistic time again. Expre- we've spoken exactly. about this so many times on the show like it's it, it, <laughs> art exactly. expression what's shocking is prosecution is not just it's not leveraging evidence it's ev- evidence in sociology to mm. justify yeah. case yeah and so it's leveraging tropes that exist out there what white people recognize yeah and using that to make a case yeah. it's so these kids are not bad kids yeah. they they're just saying they just sound like kids yeah. doing a madness that like we all do get a madness yeah. you know yeah absolutely so you have those boys drawn in if they featured in that video if they've rapped if they've if they've written lyrics about those incidences because they've heard about them that's evidence that they're co-conspirators co-conspirators sorry yeah. um but then boys seven to ten the evidence against them is just the telegram chat they're not involved in music they're not involved in anything else and i say just the telegram chat because that is what it is prosecutors would turn around and say well on boy number nine's phone we found two drill uh, drill videos by the music group m40 Mm. And they will say, see, he liked this music, therefore he is a gang member. Of course, the defence come back and say, well, there's 3,019 pieces of media on this boy's phone that are all drill and rap music videos. And you've presented to the jury two videos of the M40 music group and him watching them in his search history is not evidence. Or boy seven, Addy, and I will say his name because I know that he'd be okay with it. Mm. He had the Telegram chat used against him. He had a a nine-second video clip of a boy, a black boy with a blue bandana on, just dancing, dancing around, right? It's not him. He says, that's not me. 
all of us watching the public gallery say that's not him. His friends and family, everyone that knows him says that's not him. People that don't say that's not him. He says this is actually this boy and gives a name. They present to the jury side by side shots of a screen grab of that video in his face. But it's still allowed to go into evidence because the police officer identified it to be him. Mm. So he's got a blue bandana against his name and a photo of him with cash to his ear from a year before the indictment period shows that he's a gang member because he has money. So there's all of these flaws in the prosecution and there are so many, you know, they present the opposing gang, this opposing gang in Rochdale in images. Turns out it was a London music group. In the back of the in the background of the photo of this opposing gang that they say shows boy six is involved because he has photos of them on his phone with skyscrapers in the background and a big river. It's London. And the defence found it's a YouTube snapshot from a drill group in London. There are so many flaws in this case, just in terms of what they've put forward. But of course, in the whole construct that we know is inherently racist and wouldn't work for white young people at all. Um, it's the prosecution of rap, as many academics talk about now. It's it's all of these things and it's of culture and then it's of associations. And it's it's built on the fact that they know a majority white jury is never going to believe that these boys on the stand, particularly the last four boys who come forward and say, I'm sorry, I was so upset. I've never lost a friend. This is the first time I lost a friend. He was like a little brother. He came to church with me. He came to my house to play FIFA and he sat with my siblings. Sorry, I know it's- Sorry. So I know it's emotional, but they all put forward their grief. But what's mad for me is, it's the kind of leveraging of technology, right? Yeah. Why am I having to justify a private chat that I'm having? Yeah. It, it could be abstract. I could say square. It doesn't really matter. It's a, it's a private chat between, and it's contextual, right? Yeah. So how are you trying to use this as evidence? It doesn't, that is a, a concerning piece, a concerning movement. Like they're mm. using your private conversations against you. Mm. And what's the context? Yeah. And to say you had the exact, yeah. all had the exact same intent. And what's frustrating is that chat is used without the context of who they are, mm. what they were going through, who they are 99% of the time, right? And that is stripped from it. And these violence, violent messages that, uh, kind of nonsensical in mm. in a journey of conversation uh, put in head uh, put in the MEN just on their own and they don't make sense and it's and then other chats are used a snapchat message was used where actually the majority of messages had disappeared but because it was evidence that some boys knew each other it was evidence. What, so evidence that they were Snapchat friends? Yeah, so things like that. Are you joking? You had, it came down to you have this person's number in your phone. You can be, like, I don't obviously use Snapchat, but I've seen how, like, young people use it, like, festivals and stuff. Like, mm. you can just have met someone once and then they just, like, oh, yeah. you got, can I have your Snap? I've actually been yeah. asked if yeah, my yeah, Snap yeah, yeah, before. Yeah. And, and I'm like, guys, touches, I'm literally, right? like, but, but that's so... There's a lack of understanding, right? right. Miss, no, there's a there's a purposeful no, no, no. misunderstanding. Right, so the way they use, for example, some crimes, uh, there's a lot of crimes that are committed online and they haven't really got a handle of how to attack crime online that happens online. So they kind of take this kind of like, ham-fisted approach. So, for example, you know, where the people are stalking each other online and they use that kind of thing, but they can't use it for this particular case. Yeah, and there's a complete misunderstanding. Like, you've got people, older white men in their 50s, kind of 
discussing all of this evidence with, with no understanding mm. of it at all. And there was one point and there was a boy who defended himself incredibly. As soon as he came on the stand, I was like, I love this kid, mm. right? He was so smart and so on it. And sadly, he was one of the boys who, um, although he wasn't present at, or shown to be present at you know, the scenes of violence, he was found guilty of conspiracy to murder. Um, but there was one point where the prosecution tried to argue that some of his um, Snapchats were evidence of him goading the opposition, right? Goading the Rochdale gang opposition. And he had to say, if, if I'm goading the opposition, why is that on my private story? Look at that screen grab, check the top right, there's a padlock on it. A padlock means... X, Y, Z, you know, it's, I don't use Snapchat, mm-hmm. but it's it's yeah. for a selected group of people who are my friends. Why would I put this alleged opposition on this padlock private story? And, you know, he came back and he came back and he was, honestly, he was brilliant. Um, but there's also so much discussion about technologies that these yeah. old men don't even understand, never use, and just take it from a police officer who has gone through, I think they said like, 96,000 pieces of media um, and have selected what they want and put it across to them and what they found was actually loads of these images were from yeah a year before the indictment period um, they showed that most of them came from a phone download from Boy One's phone on like uh, November 7th so they could have been from any time before that Um there's so much mishandling, purposeful mishandling, as you said, of this this data and this information. And yeah, it's just it sets a really concerning precedent to be able to say what you said in that group chat can now mean that this thing that happened later that you had no knowledge of until it came to arrest for the, you know, for the four boys I knew, you had the same intent and your thoughts there show that you were guilty of conspiracy to murder or, or grievous bodily harm. If you haven't been to a court case, you, people don't really understand the process. They're looking to put the worst case forward on you. You're always hoping when you're in that situation that the police, in the because obviously they've got lots of evidence, usually they rush to put a case forward and it has flaws. And that's what your defence is looking at for, the flaws in that case. I don't know, I just feel bad for the kids, man, because going through that process, it's, it's madness. And you Just watching like all these grown adults... You just feel alone. You feel like, alone, man. Literally like, just strip away... Your humanity. Yeah. And they have to sit there and just hear it. And it's like so much of it is bullshit as well. So much of it is bullshit and they're sat in a dock together and they can't immediately say it's bullshit. They come out for those that, you know, uh, I guess in a better position and were on bail and able to come out. They come out that courtroom and they say, Roxy, that wasn't me. Or Roxy, this this wasn't... And you can see how angry and pent up they got because they've had to sit there for two more hours and try and keep that in their head to tell their lawyers because the lawyers don't necessarily know. As they sit in this new super court that has been built in Manchester to prosecute gangs, it costs £2.5 million and opened in September. Um, and they sit there and yeah the humanity of them is stripped away no one cares about them the boys who weren't present at John's death had to sit and watch him being killed on CCTV they didn't get heads up they just had to watch that CCTV over and over again and 
when they did present humanity, when they cried on the stand, when they took when they took ownership, they said, "Yeah, I regret saying that thing, but I haven't done anything wrong." They weren't believed. See, when you react emotionally, like it, it, it counts against you. So if you're upset or angry, if you're a black boy, if you're yeah. black boy, it counts against you because they perceive that as part of mm. the stereotype, what they expect. So, like I said, it's hard for the kids. You, they want you to be. You can't win. You, you can't be dispassionate because it mm. shows that they think you're not caring. So well, yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, and it, and all of those things they pay attention to, mm. right? Like, and they are so right to be angry about what happened and fuming, and they're allowed to say, not that many of them did, but they're allowed to say, I, "Yeah, I did once wish that person was dead." That is valid. That is a valid feeling. To, and, and one of the boys, I think, did say that. He said, at the time, yes, I, do, I did wish something bad, but now I reflect and obviously I've processed and I've moved forward. And that's, but even bringing that honesty, which is like really emotionally articulate and aware that in this moment of grief, of course, I felt things that were ugly and I didn't want to feel. But of course, then I processed them and now I'm here and I'm gone back to college or university or whatever. Um, that they bring that to the table. And then that's used against them. It's damaging beyond beyond the courtroom, right? So you don't fuck with the police. You don't fuck. You think the whole thing's you think it's rigged. And once you're in the system, then you, you just, it just recreates the, all those stereotypes again. Not the stereotype, recreates that, that feeling again. Sorry. Yeah. So Roxy, you going to tell us about? I think is it the person that came forward to? Two people pled guilty to conspiracy to GBH. The people who did stab John were dealt with in a different case, and that most likely wasn't. There was eight people went to prison, seven for murder, one for manslaughter. So then that was tried before because these these were tried in order. So it's like so, if one person murders someone, eight people go to prison for it. Yeah. From the Telegram group, Roxy, are they talking about the language? Right. So using street language, right? Mm. And the prosecution trying to infer from certain things that kids said that this means this. Yeah. But this and this is what they do with drills, drill songs, right? They have Absolutely. no idea what these things mean, but they're trying to say it means this. Yeah, I mean, so the first kind of on on language and, and drill, the first week, which was a lot of the police officer who headed up this case being on the stand and talking about the telegram chat and it was just him going yeah smn smn that means say no more yeah this means that kmt no i don't know what that means and even in and it, when he doesn't know what that means that's also troubling because that could infer it means something mm. bad while well, we're all sitting there knowing it means kiss my tea mm -hmm. Well, it's another three letters that sounds like one of the gang names. You know, what could it mean? So he sits there for a week going, this means that, this means this, this means that. And making it seem like he you know, knows the talk and, and can put what he thinks is happening on that. Um, but it was just also, it just felt embarrassing. I was like, is this expertise? Like... You know, we sat there and we like so low level, so boring. It's so low level. It's just, yeah, ridiculous. It's why couldn't we have? In, if you had this chat, why couldn't we have intervened earlier and just said, "Boys, what's going on here?" You know, but it's built as part of this case, and you just you just watch and you're like, you guys all think you're so smart, 
and you're making something out of a nothing and then when it comes to and, and I really don't want to reduce that something said of mm. course like worrying but for the majority nothing happened and then when it comes to drill again that was probably a whole week drill lyrics all of their drill lyrics and the jury aren't allowed to do research so they don't know that all of the lyrics that were being pulled out of these things often as relevant were just lyrics that are repeated in every drill song so when they're saying ops on the block and the prosecution are talking about it like it's something so relevant Mm. to a feud here and you put on spotify's uk drill playlist and you hear that repeated over and over again or chinging or all of these words that are used repetitively they're not unique and i don't say that to to invalidate the genre, the genre. yeah but and of course that there were in this case lyrics that were relevant because they detailed some of the harms that happened but I, but those that were hearsay weren't really allowed to be considered. Um, But yeah, they went over and over all these drill lyrics that we know exist and know, and all the weapons they talk about and and the imagery of drill, exactly the same as so many other videos. But like you said, the jury doesn't do research, right? So you might have someone from the home counties uh, who's in their 60s, they have no idea. Mm. It's just what they assume or have a feeling what hip-hop's about they probably probably don't even know what drill music is your fate is left up to a group of people who have no idea of what's going on in this part of the country no idea and like one of the lyrics was do it like maffy and maffy was someone who is in prison and i think has killed someone and because that was present in this boy's lyrics they said that because he knows that person, then he must be a gang member. But that lyric exists in well-known drill artists. I can't remember if it was H or D or something. I can't remember who it was. Um, my drill knowledge is limited as well, bar being sat through this case. But that lyric was, he took it from a famous drill artist lyric. But because he said, because you've mentioned someone who's inside for murder, you must be a murderer. And it's just wild. Do you remember when Simeon Brown did that thing with um, Drill Minister where like, he used the language from yeah. Parliament and like got him to, to rap it? Yeah. Like, like them saying, I'll stab you in the back. Yeah. Like that, like, all MPs. The words. way language is racialized and classed, honestly, like my mouth's like dry because it's just so fucking unfair and ridiculous and so purposefully marginalizing and exploitative and it's it's, it's like like what we talk about the past few years on the show the inequalities or the treatment the hierarchy of who gets to be a human is so clear it couldn't be more clear it's it's like, like in cases like this and it's just it's absolutely heartbreaking but you see bell hooks said hip-hop does the work white supremacist patriarchy in the fact that we might talk about stuff in an artistic way but they use it if they racialize it so i think she quotes ice cube and ice cube said if i had done all the crimes i ever talked about because i'd be a master criminal 
it's, it's, but I, I don't do them. I'm just talking. It's an art form. Yeah. But this is not how it's viewed in the buying public. And the buying public that consumes this is majority white. Yeah. I mean, the No Hook music video that was so central to this case has hundreds of thousands of views. Now, then you think, well, Boy Nine is on the stand for watching it. What about all those people then? Like, or, you know, again, <laughs> oh, all of the crimes. And the defence had to say, there aren't, there aren't, you know, there aren't loads of people dead in the street in North Manchester that the police just haven't been able to figure out the answer to. That's not the case, but they're still rapping about it. It's part of the genre. I mean... One of the, one of the boys, he lyrics he wrote, he and and important to say that actually some of the boys in this case are victims of drug exploitation, and I guess as we as it's known more widely county lines, but of course that's also kind of a problematic concept as well. But some of them have been exploited to deal drugs out in different areas by adults, and one boy was sent to Swansea to um, sell drugs. And this is all used against him in the case, even though it's not a drug trial. But he... How is that allowed? I know, bad character, I suppose. It's just, yeah, I know. Even though they have to not take it to into consideration, it's still there. But he was taken to Swansea. He got arrested in Swansea and did time in a young offenders institution. Well, in that young offenders institution, he loved drill so much and loved music. He spent his time there in the studio writing lyrics and recording, supervised by an officer who works there, who, under their safeguarding protocols, if anything written is a risk, or they think, you know, poses a, a greater risk outside of there, they have to report it to their safeguarding um, officers. These lyrics were used against him in court that he wrote in that young offending institution. So did that, did that, did that, the guy who supervised? Yeah, he gave a statement. Yeah, yeah, he gave a statement saying, oh, I if, if I had I concerns, feel sick. I feel sick. We, we take these safeguarding procedures extremely seriously. So he said, seriously. I was concerned, he said, I was concerned at the lyrics. No, 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 sorry. Oh, he said he wasn't, sorry. Oh, so he defended, oh, sorry, sorry, God. Yeah. oh, my God. God. oh so my God, oh my God, I he, thought he'd he, no, no, he defended, he, yeah. he sent a statement saying, this boy committed all of his time whilst in there to doing to doing this recording, mm. to writing these lyrics. Um, we were not concerned. I, we were not concerned. If we were, because we take our safeguarding procedures so seriously, we would have reported them, and we didn't. But because his lyrics rap about some of the things that happened, blah, 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 despite being inside for a lot of the periods of this indictment period and in other areas, um, he's now tied in because he knows people. Um so yeah it's just it says crazy things about see like for young black masculinity like it doesn't allow boys to move beyond this particular trope you wouldn't you're not letting me see, you're not seeing me for all i am you're seeing me for this one percent of my life or whatever it's wherever i am this, at this particular point in my life you're just seeing me as that or you're demonizing me for the way i express myself yeah. the way i talk or the way you the talk way, way i talk about the world around me mm. and yeah who they are Oh. It's rarely brought in um, because, and if it is, it clearly just went above the jury's head. You know, you've got computer science university students. You've got you've got a couple of boys who wanted to be police officers. Um, you've got rugby players, football players. You've got head boy of their school. You've got Addy, the boy who I knew. He was head boy of his school. 
he wrote a book on young black boys experiences in manchester which was released with a youth organization in manchester oh, Roxy, he, i can't i can't i can't those things this is horrible those things will follow you and even my experience since i come to the scholarship they're talking about stuff i've done 20 years ago 20 longer than that and even I'm, I'm watching an interview today, the same kind of thing. Like another guy, they bring up stuff that bring up twenty years ago, as if that's all I am. Mm. But it's mad if you like bring it to like the sort of the polar opposite of like people who run our government that allegedly have histories of taking recreational drugs. Like it's just the the, the inequality is just so the inequity. Sorry, is so so pernicious and so unfair and so it's just but the madness is, what upsets me is how it affects us from a young black guys how it affects us now i am only going to do drill like because that's the only avenues that seem that i seem to be encouraged into do music or sport so i can reach those heights but i can't be all the other things that i want to be mm. then you think well maybe i should try it but you're still you're trapped in that kind of system yeah there was one boy who when asked by his defence, like, so you wrote lyrics? And he was like, yeah, yeah. And, he, and the guy, the defence team goes, were you any good? And he's like, no. <laughs> and he just kind of laughs. And it's those, like, human moments where we're all laughing and we're like, oh, bless him. Like, he just wanted to, you know, he wanted yeah, to be yeah. with his mates. And, and he was in the music video and he, he um, yeah, he just, he wanted to write lyrics despite knowing that he wasn't very good, but being like, some of my friends were really good though. And... But they'd point at him in the music video, you know, like, there he is again in his shiny jacket, blah, 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 blah. Who said shiny jacket? The prosecutor. They say shiny jacket. Like, things like they that. say shiny it's, jacket. Yeah. Um, this is disgusting. It's classist, it's racist. It's, oh. But, but it's, like I said, it upsets me because they don't they don't understand that that's what's popular, that's what's now. It's like you said that you can't win because I think of Boy 10 and Boy 10's case was different because what he his whole argument the whole way through was that this Telegram username in the chat that was connected to his number, it wasn't him. So that was that was his argument throughout. So his is a little different and you, we don't go too much into what was said because his argument is that that wasn't me. Um, but he... Um, a lot of the narrative from him, his defence team was that this is a good kid, a computer science student, a um, bit of a nerd. Um, they kind of take the mick out of him a bit. You know, the other boys also like add to that and say, yeah, just like keeps himself to himself um, and really focused on his studies. Additional tutors now at university did like a computer science course within like a year when it was meant to be two, you know, all these things. Um, because his family are really committed to education. His dad's a doctor. All of these things, right, come into the courtroom. Obviously, in, in the hope that he's constructed as a good kid and whether we like that or not and whether that's useful for the others, you know, is a whole other story. But that's what comes for him. And then the way the prosecution turned that, and his dad also takes the stand to kind of advocate for him and some other events that happen. But the way that takes hold in the prosecution is... Perhaps your parents were so strict and so controlling that you needed escape from that life. And the gang life was your escape from a strict home. But the constructions of blacks blackness is madness, right? Like, listen, listen, Stuart Hall, right? Race is the modality in which class is lived. It doesn't matter how much, mm. it doesn't matter how much many capitals that we gain when it when you're in that room they will find a way to make you 
but the black kids but then like, this, this is this is the kind of thing that young black black guys go through as well like you try to you go through a point in your life where you're going to distant try to distance yourself from this notion this idea of blackness that you've kind of inhibited for a long time and well, that, has, that has been projected, projected onto projected, you yeah yeah sorry yeah so it's, it's mad it's a madness yeah and i, I don't actually think that's disgusting. That how the hell do those? Money how the hell do helped, those people? How actually. the hell does that prosecution sleep at night? They don't care. I, uh, I, they don't care. Honestly, it is absolutely. It's a disgrace. I know it's such a, it's such a thing to say, isn't it? I guess a cliche phrasing. How do they sleep at night? But but I sat through thirty eight days of that trial. The one prosecutor in particular, and they did do this kind of good cop bad cop approach, right? But one prosecutor, he was. <sighs> All I came away thinking and feeling was you hate black and black You hate people. black people. Yeah, and they hate they hate poor people, but yeah. they hate black people. And there was this yeah. one point where he was questioning, I've kind of written on, I, I wrote this on tweets and things like that, but um, where he was questioning Boy Free, Boy Free who was excluded from school, became homeless, lived in Piccadilly Gardens car parks, um, dealt drugs to survive, again, for older people. Um and they were talking about this drug dealing and and him living in a drug user's house to then sell drugs for other people. And knowing full well that this boy had stated at the start that he's really religious and loves God and all of this stuff, um, the prosecutor says to him, do you think God will punish you for this? And you think, some oh, of the things said sick. in there, you look at them and you think... There is no justice for black people in this court because you hate black people. They hate us. Mm -hmm. but, uh, like, but the thing is, like, the madness is we understand that, right? What the shock is when you come against a system in real life that you might feel you know it, but when this when this system and you feel it, it's a different thing. Mm -hmm. And it's and it's a system is so overpowering, so overbearing, mm -hmm. and you feel so small and you feel so violent, helpless. Because who's going to help mm -hmm. you? Your mum and dad can't help yeah. you. The, your defence can't help you. No. And so what do you defense do? defence don't even always believe you, you either. This is, so it's, it's but it's so silencing as well that, you know, and, and in, in cases like this, where it's so clear that the majority have not done anything, and for those four that I know who were just in a Telegram group chat, you know, their parents, understandably, and, and we all felt, think, well, it's so obvious they haven't done anything, that if you just go kind of trust the system, trust the system, because it will show justice. But it time and time again, it doesn't. And it's so silencing. Um, and you have to just listen to people speak crap about you. And but you've always got to be shown to be being good. And even for us in the public gallery, you know, you've got to think of how you're responding to things 24 seven because you've got to make sure you're not looking a certain way not looking aggressive not threatening but we were you know we had the police called on us at one point in the gallery even when the verdict came through we were told if we couldn't accept the verdict quietly we had to leave and you have it's so silencing 10 boys they were sentenced. What sentences have they had? They haven't been sentenced yet, sorry. Yeah. They haven't Which been is why I kind yet. of think it's important that we talk about this as much as yeah. possible where we can. So they're sentenced in six weeks on June 30th. Um, and it's scary. So while, while I don't believe it's mandatory to give a life sentence to the boys who got found guilty on count one, conspiracy to murder, it probably still will stand. Um, conspiracy to GBH could still be, I'm told, double figures.
Now, things will be taken into account, their age, uh, all of the statements from all of the people that want to say these kids are not gang members, these are wonderful children that have been involved in this, that and whatever. Um, and all of that will be taken into account, but I don't know that that will bring it down too much. Um, I hope, and, and you know, the parents will be listening to this, and I, I hope, I hope that... Yeah, we can only hope that it's less, but we don't know. It's the way it's been constructed, I, and guess, and given in the media, there's social panic around gangs and around knife crime, and around around, around black people just trying well. to live. Yeah, but um, well, Roxy, the, sorry, yeah, it was in the MEN. Then as soon as that verdict came in, so the the Is that Manchester Evening, sorry, yeah, yeah, Manchester Evening News, the reporter from the Manchester Evening News came in on the first day of the trial. Uh, wrote an article saying gangs take revenge for for leaders' murder um, with the prosecution's opening statements in. They disappear for the 10 weeks and we see them come back on verdict day because they've obviously had the message probably from the prosecution <laughs> to come back. Um, and then it's press send immediately before, before even I was able, because I had to tell most of the parents it was in the MEN um, as... Uh, yeah, that they are factually, and now they're guilty as well. So now it's like factually, this is a gang, um, and that's out there, and that is playing into a big fear that has emerged, you know, post two thousand eleven uprisings that everyone believes. Roxy, just to end um, the episode now, is there anything that you feel the listeners need to know or understand about this case, or anything else that you feel that like would be important to share? Um, I mean, there's some things coming up. I, I, I guess, first of all, follow Kids of Colour on various social media At channels. Kids of Colour. Kids of Colour HQ, yeah, because there's all the actions you can take there in terms of trying to put pressure on various different people. Um, we have a demo on Saturday of people Where, uh, what, going the? to be in Manchester. So mm -hmm. that's... on. It, at one o'clock in St Peter's Square. Manchester, one o'clock St Peter's Square on Saturday, yeah. which is Saturday the 28th, 28th yeah. of um, May. Yeah, and there is going to be some, in the coming weeks, if you're following social media, some kind of healing-centred asks and approaches that we're going to take going forward to show that the community could have held these boys and looked after them. That's what we want going forward, and that's the pressure we'll put on sentencing. Um so yeah, there are going to be actions, but I suppose I'd also really encourage uh, following Jengba. I mean, I know people may have listened to their podcast um, and all the work that they do, because this is one case, right? But there are there will be more, there um, more. and there have been many, um, and they are the group who, they're the only reason so many people know about Joint Enterprise, so I really do encourage following their work as well. Roxy, thank you so much for coming down to record this episode with us. Thanks, Roxy. Thanks, thank Roxy. Thanks for having me. We'll see you again next week. Thanks, listeners. Thank you for listening to Surviving Society with Chantal and Tiso. You can now continue the conversation with us on Twitter and Instagram. If you enjoy the podcast and find it useful for your ever-expanding sociological imagination, please support us via Patreon. If not, you can always support us by sharing, subscribing, rating and reviewing. 